Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Okay, I want to punch Carrie in the face. Welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> let's just say we are super meta today because our, our recording definitely meets the moment of this episode. That's all I'm going to say. We are dealing with... I'm recording in a different space. I have no headphones. We have Jenny's phone on speaker, but I'm muted. I have my AirPods in. It's a whole thing, guys. If we, we figured this out, it's a miracle. We don't know what you're going to be able to hear. Like, we, it, there could be extra sound. We don't know. There, there could be extra sound. Thank God it's free for this one. <laughs> yeah, this is free. As a reminder, this is free. <laughs> um, Jen, just real quick, you know we've been doing some watching recommendations in the beginning of our episodes i have another one okay there's a series on netflix called the movies that made us and they just released their season oh i saw that i mean i saw it advertised yeah the first season had like jaws and ghostbusters it was really cool this one had i just watched the back to the future episode it was really good nice did you know they had eric stoltz as marty mcfly who's eric stoltz i don't even know who that is the kid from mask oh okay yeah, and I also think he was in St. Elmo's Fire, maybe. Okay, whatever. He he was in it, and they literally had to rip him out halfway and put in Michael J. Fox because Eric Stoltz, I'm going to summarize, guys, allegedly was too brooding for the part. Like, he was taking the time travel too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's time travel. It should be taken seriously. Right, right. So, so I recommend it. It's pretty good. And Pretty Woman is the next one. I'm going to watch that. I don't know how much they can really say about that, but okay. Okay, right, so Jenny. is that a pro tip? Is that a Gen X pro tip? That is not a pro tip. That is a recommendation. Okay. Okay. All right, Jenny, today, I don't know what to say. I, this is unbelievable. The I don't meat. remember this episode, thank God. I, I either didn't see it or I blocked it out of my memory. I blame the Mimis. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of them, I don't know who, and I'm going to suss it out, tempted us with some absurdism around Carrie. And we thought, oh, this might be fun. 
Guys. And now they're all, like, sitting back laughing at us. Like, we can't wait till you guys report on this dumpster fire. No, I feel like you squarely wanted to do this one. I was lured into it. Okay. I was tricked. Amy's easily tricked into things. (laughs) As a little sister. (laughs) All right, guys. So, we're going to do Little House on the Prairie, Season 5, Episode 14, inexplicably an hour and a half long, The God Sister. The description reads, Charles and Jonathan take a job on a telephone crew that is working in southern Minnesota, which requires them to be away from home for several weeks. As they gain success and earn more money than expected, they must decide if the job is worth keeping for the long term. Back in Walnut Grove, little Carrie, who misses her father and craves attention, creates an imaginary friend to pass the time. Okay. Jen? Thoughts? I just... High-level thoughts. Why is it so long? A... And who got their hands on some special effects equipment? B. (laughs) (laughs) This is written by Don Batluck. I think he's the guy who used to teach shop at our middle school. Guys. uh, (laughs) Directed by Michael Landon. Don't worry, guys. I have done my research. Don Batluck stopped writing things. Never worked again. (laughs) And never worked again, pretty much. And he's dead now, so we're all safe from him. Wow. Okay? We're safe. Okay. Okay. All right, we open on a wild wagon, and Jonathan is trying to control it. And then I realized he's going at scoop speed. He's at scoop speed. Hey, I was like, does he have scoop? <laughs> he's at scoop speed. But did you notice, and we should put this in the Mimi Bees, like, they're showing this wagon, like, blowing through town. And I'm like, who's that? What's going on? Because they show the stuntman who looks nothing like Jonathan Garvey. Yep. Yep. So my first note was, is this an old man? Who is this old man? He looks, he looks like Sam Elliott. He looks nothing like Jonathan Garvey. Yep. Good, good call there, Jenny. So Jonathan has scoop. He has a lead on a job for he and Charles. And he tells Charles they're putting up some new phone lines from Springfield to Sleepy Eye. And they need men and they are paying top dollar. $50 per man plus room and board. That's $100 cash money. Yep. For Jonathan Jonathan thinks this is a great way to fix up the mill. Jenny, question. Yes. If you had to take a job to fix up your workplace so you could have another job, no. would you do it? Well, it depends. <laughs> do they own the business now? I don't think they own the mill. Oh, they might. They might. Do they own the mill? Who owns the mill? Maybe Does the Rev? Mill. <laughs> Does the church own the mill? That's true, because Rev got his house. If so I owned be. the business, yes. I mean, we're paying, I'm paying $100 to, to boost up this, this fucking business this venture. enterprise we're on. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, if it's their business, of course they would. But if it's like the per, like the company I work for, hell no. So Charles is hesitant because he has a roof to fix and a field to harvest. And a family. And a family. But Jen, okay, I have a lot of issues with this episode, but... I'll, I'll keep going for now. He agrees to go because he cannot turn down a hundred bucks. And then Charles heads inside and oh my God, he and Carolyn have a fight. They have a fight and he says something asshole They have a fight. Yeah, I know. Because he We've says something seen stupid. This? All right. So Carolyn's upset that she doesn't want him to go. And she sa- he says, don't make this harder on me than it has to be. And she slams she her little dish out. towel down. <laughs> And is like, why is it always hard on you? Do you ever think to, do you ever stop to think it's hard on me? And she storms off and Laura is like, finally, Carolyn, stand up for yourself. 
But Laura's like, what the fuck is going on here? I know. I know. Caroline's like, or Laura's like, I'm just going to have to fucking babysit for like a month. This yes. A hundred percent. Charles finds Carolyn by, I wrote, the creek or the crick? What do you call it, Jenny? A creek. I don't like the word crick. Because you I'm know, locally, people call it crick here. I'm against crick. We have Leggett's Crick that Whatever. runs through Scranton. Okay. All right. And they start talking. And in what I'm calling season five, the year Carolyn got a brain transplant, Carolyn says, when you're gone, I get so tired. And at night, I get so lonely. Jen, yeah, that's why, bullshit. She's tougher what than is, this. What is going on here? Yeah, this is bullshit. This is the same woman who ran into a burning fucking barn and pulled yep. all the livestock out in her that's nightgown. Right. He says he won't go, and then she's like, okay, now that I know you're willing to give it up, you can go. Carolyn is playing sick head games on Charles. And that's not her character. It's not. It's not. It's not. Oh, God. Charles she just is... wants to test him. She just wants to make sure she still has full control over him. Charles says he doesn't understand her, and I wrote, neither do we, Charles. No, Neither Charles. do we. Because this is not her. But, Michael Landon, this is your fault. Yes. Okay. After dinner, they're talking about the telephones, and the first interstate call was made between New Jersey and New York five years ago. Carrie's upset that no one is going to read her fairy tales when Charles is gone. Jen, suddenly, it's like the house is going to fall apart without him. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mary's gone. You shed that dead weight. Now you're going to bring everything. Laura's doing everything. Albert is smoking and drinking. Okay, so Carrie, Charles pulls Carrie into bed and reads her an extra long fairy tale. He reads a story about giants and trees growing up through the clouds. Is this a real, was this Jack and the Beanstalk? Is this a real story? What is I this? I feel you know? like it was, because they were talking about the giant and everything. I feel like Do you, it was. Like, giants were a thing in our, like, well, growing up, up in our stories. We grew up with Andre the Giant. Okay. A real that life giant. wrestling. I know, remember Gulliver's fact, Travels? I do. And the that fact that they nicknamed him Andre the Giant tells you how yeah. prevalent giants were in our culture. Giants were a huge thing, like, mm-hmm. in our childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you had the whole Smurf thing where Gargamel's a giant, or the Smurfs are No, tiny. the Smurfs are super small. No, because, no, that's not true. Smurfs are three apples high. That doesn't make any fucking sense, Yeah, right? but Gargamel is a normal human size. No, but if Smurfs are supposed to be three apples high... That makes them about this big. He holds them in the palm of his hand. This doesn't make any sense. This is a mystery that has haunted me for years. <laughs> okay. Right. So if anyone... God, I love the Smurfs. If, if anyone can weigh in on this scale of the Smurfs and Gargamel, please do. If anyone knows this, it'll be our Mimis. Yeah. It'll be all over this. Yeah. Okay. So the next morning, Pa's saying goodbye, and he's talking like he's never going to see them again. And Ma's like, all right, let's go work on that roof, guys. He's let's heading off. He's walking off with his with his dime store generic brand, ride or die. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right, 100%. Carrie's yelling after Pa, I love you, Pa. I love you. I Carrie's love you. Carrie's fake crying is so bad. It's so I- bad. Okay, I want to punch Carrie in the face. <laughs> The okay. character, not the actress. Although Correct. Uh, she could okay. probably use one. All right, now we see Paul and Jonathan on the train. They're in a boxcar. Back at home, Laura and Albert are fighting over fixing the roof, and Carrie's being annoying. So Albert, quote-unquote, accidentally 
drops a board right near her head. He almost kills Carrie. Yep. Laura's like, she's a pain in the ass. Can't we get rid of her? And Carolyn tells Carrie to go pick some strawberries. Did you see Pa on the boxcart and, like, they're just sleeping on a boxcart? Yeah. Yep. Like, like that just makes me think of how com- complex sleeping is now. Like, how it used to be so simple. You would just get exhausted from your just daily toil and you would mm-hmm. just, like, fall asleep. Now yep. it's, like, melatonin, apps, CBD, lavender, night room darkening shades. Yep. Like, what happened to us? Jenny, I don't even think that... I think, yes, passage of time is involved there but i also think that it's an age thing too because in my 20s i used to be able to sleep anywhere that's true yeah now true. i'm like nope not sleeping without a perfectly soft bed underneath me yeah okay so laura did you notice too like laura's in full dress while working on the roof well did you notice that carrie's being a total pain in the ass i just have that she's a little sister 2.0 like she's kind of like come up and take in Laura's spot as like pain in the ass little sister. So Carrie heads over to the Garvey's to get Andy because Carolyn sends her over there. Like this kid is way too young to be running all the way over to the Garvey's by herself, but whatever. Maybe maybe she does what we do with Lafayette Beetle. Like, go ahead, chase that rabbit. And if you happen to just keep running and running away, never coming <laughs> back, Lafayette we're okay Beetle. with that. It's a risk we're going to take. So monotone Carrie heads over to Andy's and he's like, do you like his reaction? He's like, nope, 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 not going he with says, you. I feel like he says nope before she even finishes her question. Like, I feel like he just says it on sight of her. He just, he just sees like, her. Nope. Yep, he sees Was nope, her. did they say nope? Was that a thing? I don't know. Because sure. he says nope. He says nope. So he's like, <laughs> I'm not going with you. So Carrie gets all depressed and mopes home. She looks like the kid from Poltergeist in half of these scenes. It's bad. Next, we see Carrie heading into the woods, and there are only small berries. So she sits down, and all of a sudden, Jen, her fairy god sister appears. Her name is Alyssa. Alyssa. It's her twin. She's dressed in yellow, and she gives Carrie a carnation. There's a whole, like, there's all Vaseline on the lens thing. Like, there's a whole thing. And There's it, a whole yeah, thing. that's definitely her sister playing it, right? Yes. I don't So I think we've know. answered the question of I think we've answered the question of is are both twins bad actresses? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. I don't even think any of this is worth summarizing. I think the fairy god sister is a slightly better actress. Yes. Yes. Slightly. Slightly. Okay. So we reach, so, she, okay, so Carrie wakes up in this dream world. There's huge fruit. Guys, I'm not even getting into this. It's Wonka-ish. I want to go into the rage corner. Can I go into the rage yes, corner? Yes, go. That makes me mad. Oh my God, what the fuck? I worked for years in photography and dealing with food stylists, stylists, set stylists. Who the fuck used fake fruit in this scene? Why did they not use real fruit? That's insane. That's those, like, cheap rubber grapes that like Graham had in her centerpiece these cost like three dollars at Woolworths and they're using them on like in a set why would you not use real fruit why would you not use real fruit okay end of range corner okay all right coming out all right guys I was like in the range corner for the minute I turned this on plastic food bowl yeah I was literally in a plastic fruit bowl from the 70s I was in the rage corner the minute I turned this episode on Okay, okay, and now I have an index card. Oh. 
just there's a I lot thought, happening in this just scene. when i thought my rage had quelled okay what's the deal with fake fruit as explained by Anne Odom in the book At the Tsar's Table, many European royal families used elaborate tabletop decorations to showcase their wealth. Between the 16th and 19th century, this became popular. They would hire craftsmen to create centerpieces made of sugar, marzipan, and wax. So that was like the first fake fruit was made of that. And then like wood and later marble. Subjects went from flowers to fruit all the way up to actual buildings. From Martha Stewart's website... Artificial fruit had a renaissance in Italy in the 19th century. Italian artisans took leftover chips of marble from quarries and sculpted them into stunning objects. Most were actual size, but some were oversized. One of the most famous fake fruit craftsmen was Garnier Valletti from Turin, Italy. You know, Turin, that's like the big race area yeah. in Italy. He was a self-taught scientist who invented an alabaster resin and wax technique that was very realistic. More realistic than this fucking fruit. I I cannot believe they didn't use real fruit for the shot. That's that is unforgivable. I wonder if they were food inspired sti- food stylists come at me. Food stylists come at me. <laughs> I wonder if they were inspired by Willy Wonka. What, what what's the timing? This Wonka was like 79. Was, Wonka was 79, wasn't it? So no, it would have been the same time. Yeah. That's weird. I feel like it has to be inspired by it. Pause. Eh, Let me see when Wonka was. Hold on. Pause. All right. We're back. I got the truth now. Willy Wonka (laughs) and the Chocolate Factory was out in 1971. So they totally, this is totally influenced. Totally ripped it off. Um, Guys, leave it to the pros, okay? Get the people from, get the production designers from Willy Wonka to do this shit for you. Or Star Wars, which was out around this time. Like, anything. 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 Okay. Let's get to the good stuff. Well, we the, rejo- the spider pops out? No. We rejo- I'm not even... <sighs> the, guys, spider the, spider the spider was dark. That got dark. That got dark. The spider got dark. The thing that you need to know about these dream sequences with Carrie is when she awakes from them, she's literally screaming in the middle of a forest by herself. She was rolling around the floor screaming, like... Like don't 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 let it get Alyssa, me. Alyssa, Alyssa, Alyssa. Oh, I have the Alyssa thing down. I could do it. Yeah, that's Hold what you're screaming. Yeah. So we rejoin Pa and Garvey in Sleepy Eye or Springfield. I wasn't sure which like end they were on. They're putting up some telephone poles and some grouchy foreman is and some grouchy foreman is yelling at them that they're lazy. And I put, where is the union rep? Let's go. What's uh, going no on? No unions here? at this time. The close. dude says they're offering a 25% bonus if they finish the line by the first. But and a, is there is there a penalty if they don't? There's not a penalty. <laughs> but the the I figured out, Jenny, using my math. Your math. Mm-hmm, that, or just math. That the bonus would be $12.50. Wow, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So Charles and Jonathan are eat- there's some dude cooking and there's like potatoes arriving and we don't really know what's going on. And Charles and Jonathan eat their meal down by the stream and they're complaining about how tired they are and they're like happy to get to bed. But guess what? Their bed is just a blanket on a barn floor. Yeah. And there's like 80 people sleeping in the same room. Yep. Shaughnessy, the cook, 
shows them a secret closet that they probably wouldn't have even noticed, but he makes a huge deal out of something super valuable and secret in there and says that it is off limits. And at first I'm like, it must be a bed and a coffee maker. That's what I thought too. Okay. At home, Albert and Laura are tired of being the adults. Yeah, again. Carrie needs her fairy tale and they're just all too tired to do it, but Laura gets suckered into it. Of course. Laura reads to her, she wants what Paul read the night before. So Laura's like, okay, fine. So she starts to read it and she says, you're reading it all wrong and I wish you were more like Alyssa. And Laura's like, what? Laura's like, whatever, and leaves. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Back in hell, Jonathan and Charles cannot sleep inside a room of snoring weirdos. So they go to sleep outside and just as they make their beds outside, like on the nice comfy hay under the beautiful sky it starts to pour. Jenny? I was triggered by all the snoring. (laughs) Of course you were. (laughs) Did you think you were with me? I just get triggered by snoring. You get triggered by Snoring and whistling. Snoring and whistling. Whistling's pretty bad. Okay. The next day Ma's doing her laundry and Carrie starts bothering her by telling her about her dream. Oh my god. God, This kid. Well she wanted to help Laura and Laura's like nope. (laughs) <laughs> we don't see that but but carrie says i was trying to help laura bake yep as she's telling carolyn she is literally dragging carolyn's newly washed white sheets across the dirt oh this kid carolyn's like go fishing now and i would like to take this moment to say to all parents are ipads really that bad for your kids no right? no they're not right no they're not yeah Mm-mm. Carrie's fishing when Alyssa shows up again, and the Vaseline on the lens is so intense I can't even make out Alyssa's face. You forgot the part where Reverse Lafayette Beetle even rejects Carrie. Yes, he does. He does. He won't go fishing with her. And that dog will do anything for attention. That dog dog will do anything. For some reason, Alyssa goes missing, and Carrie starts screaming. Okay, now I think I can do this pretty well. I think I can do the imitation. I think anyone can do the imitation. It's Alyssa! Alyssa! Right, Jenny? Literally. Yeah, that's pretty good. Alyssa! That's it, guys. Yeah, for like an hour. Do it for for an hour. I'm telling you, if they cut the scenes where she's just yelling Alyssa, we would have had a normal-sized episode. Is it just the same scene over and over again? I think they just cut that scene in over and over again. I don't know. Because a lot of this episode has production issues, and I think it's because they were trying to do these special effects. Probably. Like, there's a lot of voiceover that wasn't done on set, you could tell. Right. So, like, there's a distance that you sense, right? Like, there's a physicality to the sound when it's recorded on set. Yeah. That is, like, gone. And there's this weird, like, it sounds like we sound right now, like, flat. Alyssa! (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. I'm just going to do that, Jenny, when I come over and you'll be sleeping in the middle of the night. I'll sneak in your room and just be going, Alyssa! I wrote that good luck even trying to find my building because we know Amazon can't. <laughs> That's true. So now I just wrote, is her imaginary friend ditching her now? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the imaginary friend's like, nope. <laughs> so we're back at the work site and the men are testing the phones. They're so excited. Jonathan asks for a turn to chat and he's caught by the cranky foreman. Again, this all could have been 25 minutes shorter. They're blown away by this 
like technology. You know what this reminded me of? Do you what? remember when Steve Jobs announced the first iPhone? Yes. Like I watched that and I had like a physical want for that phone. I was like, yes. oh my God, I want that thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't awesome. get one what for like year another. What was that? say like 2008 maybe okay um i vaguely remember it because i was in hell with twin infants i was just like i want that phone it took me like two years to get one but i really wanted it you were just like i need to have that thing and i feel like they're like that astounded by this like i want this thing yeah back in carrie's bizarro inner world it's the middle of the night and she wakes up ma saying she's worried about pa what if he never comes back Carolyn tells her, don't worry, Paul will come back safe and sound. But this is not enough for Carrie, who sticks around and irritates the fuck out of an exhausted Carolyn who falls asleep while answering her. I would like to take a moment to recognize Carrie's first disaster fantasy. That's true, Jenny. Yeah, That's true. she's just having like a random, like, what if this horrible disaster happens? <laughs> yep, yeah, just, but isn't just thinking disaster- of everything that could go wrong. But isn't a disaster fantasy normally accompanied by, a, a, like, being lulled into everything is good and everything is safe and everything is fine well i mean like, I isn't like there good she first fine. she was fine okay. and then now she's having a disaster fantasy okay back in hell the foreman is waking the men up super early because they cannot fall behind and jonathan and charles are exhausted jen because they're not young men anymore well i think jonathan is hangry I think he is too. He's, he's totally really angry. wants those potatoes. He's totally angry. Jane, did you notice who the foreman was? No. Dolph Sweet, who okay. played the father in Give Me a Break. Oh, that's 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 a deep cutting. Yep, I recognized him. Uh, Jonathan tells the foreman, "You know what? I'm getting pretty fucking sick of you." And yeah. I wrote, "Jonathan is starting to crack." Yeah, he's cracking. <laughs> The only thing keeping him going, Jen, is the promises of potatoes. But guess what? There's no potatoes There's in the There's no potatoes. And, and the, 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 for, the foreman is the mean dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, isn't the foreman, like, every night when he's not eating potatoes, like, didn't I approve a truck of, like, 8,000 potatoes? And now we have, what's going on? Or does he go eat somewhere else? Maybe he goes eat somewhere else. He, he goes must to a eat somewhere restaurant else. Every night. Yes. There's no potatoes in the stew, and Shaughnessy says someone must be pilfering them. Well, Jonathan isn't going to have this. He's no. like, I know they're in that fucking secret closet. Yep. I'm going there. I'm going he, after the potatoes. He leads the men, and that dude is big. Jonathan's yes, a big guy. And he leads them, and he breaks the door down. He rips the lock off with, like, in Just a second. Just hand. <laughs> yes. And he breaks the door down, and he gets in, and they find a whiskey still. Well, Mike, how is it, is it, I mean, isn't it vodka if it's distilled potatoes? I don't know. I'm not even getting into he it. He said it's whiskey. I'm not even getting into it. I know they do. Yeah. Shaughnessy says he's plan. he was planning on selling it to them for a dollar oh, a bottle. Dick. Dick. Once dick they bag. got the bonus. And the men are all excited and they're like, we're not going to rat you out, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote, Charles is like, don't worry about it. This is great. But Charles doesn't drink. So what does he care? He doesn't care, but I think he knows Jonathan needs a drink. I think he, I think everyone there needs a drink, and, and Charles is like, that'll just make things easier. That's true. Now we see, oh God, I wrote, here's the sentence I wrote. Now we have Carrie screeching in the woods like a horrible woodland creature. I have, speaking of drunks, Carrie is screaming at her fake friend in the woods. <laughs> She's, Alyssa. Oh God, guys. <sighs> oh God. So, uh, all right. They go to heaven together. They go? <laughs> yes, you heard that right, people. 
They go to heaven. And who's playing St. Peter, Jen? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A couple things here before we get to that. There's a giant angel, and I'm like, are we, is this Barbarella? Have you ever seen the movie yep, Barbarella? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> are we in the movie Barbarella? There's a giant angel that can hold them in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. Don't know Gargamel. what that's about. Gargamel. And then, and then, and then there's the regular size St. Peter, right? Played, played by? The dude that played Jonathan. It was Jonathan from the mountain. Mr. Sims. Mr. Sims slash Jonathan. Yes. He's Jonathan on the mountain, too. Yes, yes. Mr. Sims. Okay. So, Jen, and, and that, you, know what else I, you know what else I, I thought from this scene? Is Alyssa a Q? Do you know what Q is from Star Trek? Yes. Oh, God, this is so wasted on you. No, is I know who Q? Q is. He's the, the bad dude, the bald dude. No. no I know the Q. actor who's Q. Who's the yeah. actor that's Q? I don't okay. know his name, but right. I know him to see him. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. You're wrecking right. Star Trek. Okay. But I'm like, maybe that's what's going on here. Jenny, just when we thought it couldn't get worse. We're in heaven. And I'm like, is, is Alyssa up? dead? Is Carrie dead? Who shows up, Jenny? Just Jack! when we thought it could. <laughs> Fucking Jack comes back from the dead. I literally <laughs> sat up in my bed and screamed, why is Jack back from the dead? I wrote, Jack returns with Carrie, and I'm rethinking all of my life choices at this point, including starting this podcast. First of all, Jack is back. It's not Jack. It's supposed to be Jack. Oh, it's, it's not, not the Jack. It's not the actor who played no. Jack. No. And why is the angel so big, and then the giant angel's playing with a regular-sized dog? This is some kind of fucking acid trip. Carrie, okay, so Carrie wakes up and she's rolling around in the woods saying, I love you, Jack. I love you. Does no one notice this kid is like just passing out in the woods every day? No. This is, this was, this whole, whoever wrote this heaven scene. Dom Batlick. On drugs. On drugs. 100% on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carrie runs home and tells Ma she's been to heaven and it's wonderful. And Carolyn's like, uh, Carrie, honey, have you seen your pa? I've been to heaven and it's wonderful. Okay, all right. <laughs> At home, Carolyn gets a letter from Charles saying he'll be at home on time. And with that bonus of $12.50. She goes crazy because he's going to be home on time. But I guess like being on time in these days. We've talked about this. Like if you're late, you're like a week late. Yes. And you have no yeah. way of knowing if he's dead <laughs> on the side of the road. Okay. Right. In hell, the big boss shows up, and even though the men got the bonus, there's a problem. Now, I don't understand what this problem is. I don't understand the words that they say. Okay. I understand once I see it that a wagon the... has overturned and there's dead horses, but they say something about a tongue broke loose. It must have know... some kind of connection on the wagon. I don't know what they're talking about. Tongue and... Isn't there some kind of connection? Like a jack? <laughs> So Garvey's like, hell no, we are not forfeiting this bonus. We will go out there and we will carry the fucking wagon here. So they they were waiting for the last shipment of poles to put up. Yes. And yeah. they have till midnight to do this. Now, there's this suit from the, the company. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, guys, I'm as upset about this as you are that you're not going to get the bonuses. Are they seriously, like, if they're eight feet away from the finish line, are they seriously going to not give them the bonus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The company's very strict on the bonuses. Why? Like, you're all just making up these rules. 
I know. That's the I thing know. that I just don't understand about, like, those type of corporations. It's like, like, well, we can't do anything about it. It's like, someone could do something about this. Like, like we're yo, all just making this up. Yo, white man, do you have the power or don't you? You seem mm. like you have the power, but no, you don't. he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay. All right. He's not the one with the power. So I just wrote, I don't know what happened here, but there's like a bunch of dead horses in an overturned wagon. And I wrote, Jenny, could you do all of this work for today's equivalent, which would be 1200 bucks plus 300 for the bonus, no. so $1,500 for the month. Could for you do month. this? For the month, no. No. I wouldn't do this for $1,500 a day. <laughs> I would. I all would. Right. No, I would. <laughs> what am I saying? I would. Of course I would. Okay, so now... I, first of all, I could not do this. Let's just be straight. <laughs> right, let's be straight. Did you see them climbing up the poles? Yeah, no. Fuck no. Hell no. 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 Now more carry bullshit with a penny. I'm so enraged. I wrote, I'm so enraged, I don't even care to write what's happening. She's in a land with a big penny and large flowers. Then they try to lift the huge penny. How is this really a plot line? Was this in the script? Who wrote this in the script? Are they still alive? Because I need them not to be. I, I thought at this moment maybe Alyssa is a shapeshifter. She's either Q, dead, a shapeshifter, or a hallucination from drugs. Maybe. Do you know what a shapeshifter is, Aim? Do you know that Star Trek I know Trek what a shapeshifter is, yes. Can you Somebody takes on a different shape. Do you know who the one was on Deep Space Nine? No, I never watched Deep Space Nine. Okay. Back in hell, Jen, the men are dragging a wagon by hand, and I wrote, this is a lot for $12.50. The wagon has a bunch of poles on it. They just have to get it to the site and the poles installed by midnight. They're frantically working and they're just throwing things up together. And I wrote, no wonder why our infrastructure is falling apart. I know, right? <laughs> like, it wasn't really built soundly to begin with. Did they build bridges like this? Yeah, or they just probably. Like, we oh, need to meet 100%. this $12 deadline. Rail yeah. lines. You know they built the rail lines like this. We saw Charles blasting yeah. those mountains. They're like, just he, blast the hell yeah. out of these mountains. It'll be fine. So they get it all put together. The corporate dude tests the connection and it works. And the next day, the men are getting their money and they're getting ready to drink their whiskey. And the still explodes. I don't know how this guy didn't see that coming. He turns it up and it's like banging and like the pressure is building. And but like, how did you, how did you do this? They all run out screaming. The still's going to blow. And I have to give these guys credit. They don't ask any questions. They turn around and they start fucking well, running. Pro tip. From Gen X, this is why. If someone yells it's going to blow, turn around and run. Don't ask questions. So I wrote, thank goodness my Charles was able to get out of the way, unscathed. And I did read in the trivia for this episode that there's no way this explosion would have been this big. <laughs> no, it's insane. It's it totally insane. They packed that whole house with a ton yeah. of dynamite. <laughs> yeah, they just wanted to blow that house up. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane explosion. Yep. So now we have more annoying Carrie. Carolyn is tucking her in, and I thought for a split second, Jen, that she was going to put a pillow over her face. <laughs> okay. Carolyn would never do that. I know. But, you know, season five Carolyn, who's yeah, that's out true. of her goddamn mind, Mike. Yeah. Now the men are coming home, and Alice is all dressed up for Jonathan, and I'm just waiting for the Charles and Carolyn reunion. Let's face it. That's all I want at this point. I could give a fuck about the Garveys. I don't care about Carrie and her goddamn penny. Show me, is there anything hotter than Charles walking down that driveway? Jonathan is pretty pack. Jonathan is pretty revved up about potatoes. He is. He is. He's really revved up about potatoes. But Charles... Coming home okay. is all I need to see. All right. 
Okay. The whole family runs out to hug Charles, and Carolyn made a cake, Jen. Of course she did. Of course she, she did. She just Ugh. makes a cake randomly all what the time. What I would like, give to taste that cake. cake. That cake is know, probably, probably delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carrie's already being annoying. Charles literally had a month literally of hell. Literally just got home. Literally just got home. A month of hell. Has walked home from the train station, presumably. Which is probably five miles. Mankato. Gets home and Carrie is like, I want to show you something. Come to the woods with me. No, they probably took the stagecoach to Mankato for the train. Yeah, probably. So he walked from town, probably. Okay. Carrie takes Woods uh, Paul into the woods and starts telling him about Alyssa. And she starts with that, Alyssa, again, and I want to murder everybody in my house. I can't. Carrie's like, why isn't she coming? And so then Paul has to sit down and explain to her that she made up a make-believe friend. (laughs) And that that's okay. And Jen, the one thing Carrie did do for Paul is she had that penny and she was going to buy him some licorice, but guess what? She She fucking ate the licorice. can't and then he has to carry her home after doing all this manual labor for a month i wrote then he has to carry this bitch home (laughs) wow (laughs) jenny whose fault is this end of episode whose fault is this well can we just talk about the panning out of the episode it shows the flower because that's supposed to mean something i don't even know what that means is that implying that Alyssa's real and what does it say about carrie that her imaginary friend can only do as good as a carnation i know like not even a rose give me a rose what the hell you spent they blew all their budget on that fake fruit oh god jen whose fault is this this is michael landon's fault no this this is is don ballard's fault michael landon is ultimately the like he could have looked at that script and been like this is garbage he's the decision maker (laughs) he is the decision maker he hired these okay. special effects people. He hired the stylist. Okay, wait. We're acting like he hired a stylist. He probably didn't. Whatever. Like, this is all him. This is squarely, the squarely his product. Who wrote this bullshit? Where did they get their degree? Did they have a degree? I would love to get a hold of this script and just read what is actually in the script and, like, oh what Michael Landon just threw in there. Here, this ought to tell you something, guys. We recapped the episode and gave you everything you needed to know about it in approximately 37 to 38 minutes. And this was, was an hour minutes. and a half. There was just a lot of Carrie Scream and Alyssa. Yes. Oh, God. God it was triggering. It was triggering. Um, all right, Jenny. So, at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took from the the viewing of this when we were kids or maybe something we picked up on the rewatch we think about like how it impacted us as adults what we took from it it's designed to finish the sentence gen x this is why jenny what is your why for this episode this is why we thought working yourself to death was not only okay but admirable who cares about a work-life balance if you have time to spend with your kids you must not love them enough to make more money oh wow yeah like that i mean that was just I know that's the message I had in my early career. Like, yep. put in 12-hour days. Like, the yep. more you work, like, work, work, work. Like, that is a, 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 that still happens in a lot. Like, that still happens all over the place. That's still a yep. thing. But yep. there are companies, and I think with the millennials coming in, 
the millennials were kind of the first that were like, we're not doing this. This is crazy. Why would we like work ourselves to death? Like this yes. is crazy. Yes. We, we should start to demand the, the millennials some were the balance. first to want that balance. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of Gen X jumped right on that wagon. Cause we're like, yeah, why are we doing this? This is crazy. And let me tell you something, Gen Z, they are never going to sit in an office from no. 8.30 to 5.30 every day. Yeah, there's just things no everybody way. accepts that, like, you know, like, yeah, we have to, right? We have to work, we have to make yeah. a living. But, like, if we could start a cultural shift towards this, right? And that's yes. happening. Like, companies yeah. who treat their employees better, and there are some out there, are, are the ones people want to work at. And we're like the pandemic has sped that up tremendously. The, I was going to say the pandemic has illuminated so many things in our society. So well, many also, inequalities. So but many it inequalities. Also, it also gave us this taste of like, this is what it could. Like, I'm one of these people. I was home for a year. Yeah. Now I'm back in the office and I, 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 I'm really struggling to be here yeah. 40 hours a week. It's like. But, but we're saying like we can be productive and balance our lives yes. and like that. We're we've proven that, right? Like most companies have seen upticks in productivity, not downswings. Yeah. Like I get so much done in my little home office that, yeah. you know, I just close myself in there and I'm working hard and I get so much done. It's well, so nice. And the other thing that works for me, like the way I like to work and I've always tried to find companies that where I can do this is like I need to work like when like, for the stuff that isn't scheduled, right? Like, you're always going to have meetings, you're going to have things, and, like, you have, you know, you have to be, you sure. have things scheduled, and that's fine. But for, like, actually heads-down work and, like, stuff I have to think about, I just do it when when I'm in the mode to do it. So that could be at 7 o'clock at night, right? I could spend yeah. three hours from 7 to 10 at night because I'm just in the zone, like, yeah. banging out a bunch of, like, documentation, all the stuff I have to do. So what if that's not during the work day? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't depend right. on somebody else. It's not, like, a thing I have to schedule. So, like... I actually get more work done if I can work when I'm in the mood. Like if I sit down at nine o'clock in the morning and try to do it when I'm not in the mood to do it, like I'm, it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I don't get it. I can't bang through it. And guys, believe me, I understand this is a position of privilege to even have that option. My husband, Timmy does not have that option. I mean, he is a construction worker. He's on site. He's working, you know, from... The thing that X we can hope to Y and that or Y to Z and that's it. And the thing that we can hope that the pandemic has changed for you know roles where you have to be in 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 person is that they just make pay better that they're yep. just more flexible. Like I know a lot yep. of the a lot of friends of mine have jobs where they don't even know what their schedule is the, to, week to week. Oh like, yeah, that's insane. That's insane. insane. People should not have to live like that. Like that's crazy. Yep. That like you can't just have some kind of planning. You can't figure that out. Like you know, I'm I'm sure. Like, if you get into, like, the medical field and stuff, there might be things where there's, like, on-calls and stuff. But, like, there's a lot of them work in restaurants, and there's absolutely no reason that you can't figure out what the schedule is a couple weeks ahead of time. I agree. And that there's more, you know, paid leave, and that there's, like, that they start making these full-time positions with benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Any benefits. Like, at least Timmy in the union has some of that stuff, right? Timmy has a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Unions. Unions. That's the trade-off. Right. That's the trade-off. All right, Jen. So here's mine. This is why we should always read reviews. Okay. So I dug up some reviews of this episode. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I believe as Gen Xers, like, once the internet hit and we found out, wait, we could review things. Uh-huh. We, Gen Xers are really all about the reviews. Yep. I am. I'm always I am too. deep in reviews. I am too. 
So but I also are, read them and like pay attention. So like when a Yelp review of a rest, like when a restaurant has like a, a three and a half star or four star and like 10 of the reviews are, this is in New York restaurants. And 10 of the reviews are, it's too expensive and crowded. Right. I disregard that. Right. Because, like, yes. of course it is. If yes. it's good and it's in New York, it's going to be expensive yes. and crowded. Yep. Yep. So, these are reviews from IMDb. Quote, I cannot stand this episode. It really slaps the quality of the, face in the, sh- of the show in the face. It just proves my point that I've made in a previous review that wow. Carrie is never treated like a girl her age should be. Carrie... Now, I have I've facts to back this up. Carrie cannot be much younger than Laura was when the show began, yet Carrie's character is just as baby, babyish and annoying as ever. I shake my finger at the writers for allowing this to happen. <laughs> now, this reviewer has a point. Carrie is eight. Laura was nine when Lil okay. House started. Now, compare those acting. Yeah. Like, yeah, Melissa Gilbert was, like, a genius. Okay. Or, the, or the, is it the script that's so terrible? Like, they, no, I mean, but Carrie I feel Kenneth. like they gave Carrie, like, a front role in this. Although they gave her terrible dialogue. Here's another one. Not even one of these two twins could act. They seemed a bit backwards as they never improved over the years. And contrary, people can't write reviews, by the way. Got even worse since they acted the same as at 11 as they did at 2. They are so bad, I can't even remember a single episode where they won't, weren't noticeably horrible. Hence, they double them up for this episode, and we get double the duds. Did you just review a review? Yeah, this review's terrible. Okay. <laughs> Why was this episode even made? Must have been on a bet or a dare for Michael yeah. Landon to allow this to happen. My girlfriend warned me about this episode, but I had to see it for myself. Uh. Damn. Um, I think they just got like they got somebody on set who was like, I could do these really cool graphics. I took this yep. really cool graphics class. Like, let's write a crazy episode where I could like do crazy graphics. Yep. Okay. So the final review is this episode is just an embarrassment to the series. <laughs> Carrie never was a good actress and never will be. Having two Carries is just torture. <laughs> oh it God. really does not go with the show at all. <laughs> it's like Carrie in stereo. So if we had read these reviews, would we have watched it? Jenny, there were literally no good reviews. I think we would have watched it 100%. (laughs) I mean, how could we have not watched this, knowing what happens in it? Because we like to torture ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I was uh, looking up some stuff about the Garbage Pail Kids, and I saw the movie that they made. And it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. So, of course, I'm like, we need to see this. Ever made? Like, worse than Waterworld? I don't know, but it's pretty close to Howard the Duck standards, from what I hear. But Howard the Duck is probably better. I feel like Garbage Pail Kids movie is unwatchable. Yeah, I can't find it anywhere, so it doesn't matter. We can't watch it. Yeah. Thank God. All right, Jenny, so why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? So next we're doing Season 5, Episode 18, The Sound of Children. The description reads, Adam and Mary are expecting their first child. Mary, who knows that Adam has a strained relationship with his father, secretly writes a letter to the man. Thomas Kendall arrives in Walnut Grove for a visit and desires to be closer to his son and grandchild. Meanwhile, Albert Ingalls is smitten with Miss Bennett, a beautiful young woman who is substituting for Mrs. Garvey at school. Okay, so that's the next Little House. We also have on Patreon this month coming up, um, Young Guns 2 is going to be coming up, and another episode of Love Boat, which I'm loving. Yes. Loving. It's a nice, refreshing compliment to the Little House series. 
It is. And at some point, when we find a good one, we'll throw it on the free feed just for a preview yep. so you guys can hear what, you know, what goes, the shenanigans that happen we on We want to collect a few of them and then pick the best to put out. And thank you all for your support. We've had a lot of reviews lately, a lot of downloads lately. Yes. So thanks for listening, guys. If you're new to the pod, we hope that you're enjoying it. All right, guys. So thanks again, and we'll see you soon. If you'd like to support Gen X This Is Why, please consider joining our Patreon service. For $5 a month, you can help us pay for new equipment, promotion, and hosting fees. Jenny and I are trying to keep our podcast commercial-free for as long as possible, and your generosity helps us do that. For your donation, you'll have access to our entire back catalog of Patreon episodes, including Mystic Pizza, Jaws 3D, Teen Wolf, and Dead Poets Society. We also published six after-school specials, including Stoned with Scott Baio. Currently, we are re-watching The Love Boat, and that is airing for the first time this month. If you can help, please consider subscribing. The link is in the show notes and on our website, genxthisiswhy.com. If money is tight, hey, we get it. But if you love us anyway, please just help spread the word. We appreciate that just as much. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.